0: Hey everyone, and welcome to Crazy Daimyo's Video Game Emporium Podcast with the Pals Episode 2 And before we actually get into the episode I just want to apologize for my horrible mic for this episode I am still trying to get used to all of this And for some reason my mic was very bad So please forgive me The other two sound great, but mine was horrible. So, please bear with me and enjoy the episode. My name is Lord
1: Daimyo. And I am Michael. I also go by Creation Defaced.
2: And my name is Ziggy. I go by Zig.
0: Awesome. And we them boys. Um, Today, we are going to be talking about... Indie video games or independent video games. But before we talk about that, Ziggy, what, uh, what game have you been playing recently?
2: Uh, the game that I've been playing the most recently is called Warlock, and it's on the Switch. Uh, I've been playing it on the Switch, and it's it's actually an indie game in itself. Uh, oh. It's basically a lot like a first-person shooter in the Doom vein where it's got these pixelated uh, surroundings. And you're going around, and you're a warlock. And you're you're going to different areas to basically destroy the most powerful w- wizards and stuff. So the first level is like you go t- through a castle. And then you go and you defeat this big, powerful, like, monster of a warlock wizard. And then uh, the next level, you're in Egypt. And the boss of that level is the Sphinx. And that is a crazy level. Um, it's super cool. You get all sorts of weapons and stuff, and I am just really digging the the that sort of that sort of game. Always, I love I love first person shooter games like Doom.
0: So it's like it's a lot like Doom, like dungeon crawling sort of shooting bad guys like that.
2: Right. Yeah. With like the okay. gun in the middle of the screen and stuff like that, and uh, okay. flat. Uh, flat characters that you kind of like can't walk around; they're always facing you. But it's uh, so yeah. fun! It's so it's so fun, and it's really responsive. Like when you shoot somebody with a pistol from really far away, like it's just it it still feels like it like it connects. Sometimes, whenever you're playing certain games and you shoot something, and like the animation happens and the sound of the gun firing happens, you kind of don't uh, really yeah. feel
1: like yeah. it really, really
2: happened, and that sucks. But in th- this game, feedback. <laughs> Right. The, gut, the gun goes bang, and like the body goes splatter, and I love it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a little excessive. Sounds sick.
2: Michael, what game are you playing right now?
1: Well, I've been dabbling back into Overwatch a little bit. Still a clown fiesta. So uh, I've been mm. trying to – I just recently got a new system that had enough memory to hold all the games that I've purchased throughout the years. I've been on like some – Base model, 500 gigabyte PlayStation 4 for the longest time. So finally got the upgrade. And I've been trying to get Shadow of War, Lord of the Rings game. Very difficult. Uh, by the time I like got it back and tried to get into my original save file, I saved probably a year ago. I just had no idea what the hell I was doing. So I just oh, started I over, and it's it still feels just as difficult.
2: Uh, I love that, actually. I love starting a game over again, especially... The very beginning of a game, just because I come from the 16-bit era where, like, you couldn't save. So I'm used to playing the very beginning of games over and over again. I hate tutorials. That's probably why I hate tutorials. I just want to jump right back in.
1: Yeah, um, it's an interesting game. I really want to explore it more because it has, like, you know, lore that's not really anywhere else. (laughs) Even if it's, like, you know, game original to some extent, if not a majority of it. But uh, it's just damned hard. (laughs) The Nemesis AI system gives you like uh, like you can take out a few generals but if they take you out or if they survive they'll like have their own leveling system and if you get beat down enough eventually you'll be out leveled by like everyone in your general vicinity and like it's just going to be a tough uphill battle it already feels like that and the control scheme's a little wacky you know, a little complex not really typical you know, used to like Devil May Cry and just simple button mashers and things like that with different mechanics that make the combos more intricate. But this is just the system is huge. Love to take in. But uh there's also another game, but I'll be saving that for later. Yeah, I um
0: I I kept hearing about how good that Nemesis system was. And uh I think it was on sale probably a year ago, and so I also got that. On my That's what I got. It. <laughs> yeah. But I have had I've not had the time to play it, so it's just been sitting in my library until I get around to it. But I, I definitely
1: it's, gotta get into it's it. It's beautiful, but yeah, it can get overwhelming very fast.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely gotta very quickly gotta play it at some time. But I have been way too busy playing a uh, new indie game called Hades. Have you guys heard of Hades?
1: I've looked Hades. at that. It looks really cool. Ziggy would love that, actually. Uh, just, yeah. <laughs> but it looks what, awesome. Genre? What genre it, is
0: it? It's a roguelike, and it's on the Switch. And it came out, I think, last year or 2019? I mean, either 2020 or 2019. But, yeah, it's a um, it's a roguelike where you have... Um, Procedurally generated rooms with enemies in them, and you run through, and it's kind of like hack and slash where you're just wailing on enemies so you can get a power up and you can go to the next room. Um,
2: I'm still into that.
0: Yeah, it's really. And I don't normally like those kinds of games because um, I get really, monotons? really. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I get really bored of them, but this one's keeping my attention because what it's got a. What?
2: Oh, you were gonna say? I was just gonna ask. What about it keeps your What about it keeps your attention so much in comparison to the other games?
0: It's it's the story and how it's how it's laid out. Because I mean, normally on those games, uh, you get like ten levels in and then you die and you just have to restart, and it really you know bogs you down and it demotivates. Me to not want to do it because I just have to restart. It's so harsh. But on this one, you are the son of the um, Greek god Hades of the underworld. So okay. when you die, play as um you play as the son of the uh, Greek god of the underworld Hades. And whenever you die, you go back to like Hades' palace, um, where you have like your room and stuff. And you, it's almost like a, it's almost like a dating simulator, like light. Because when you're in the like underworld palace, you can talk to, you know, Hades, Cerberus, other gods, and you can like, build relationships with them and give them gifts and stuff, and they'll give you extra power ups, and so it really makes it interesting when you die because it's kind of like, I mean, I've actually been playing and I've I've wanted to die so that I could go back to the palace and see who's new, who's there, or who isn't there, or maybe the contractor will let me um, like upgrade the my room better or, you know, so whatever. Uh,
1: there are
2: a whole lot of things going on in that game aside from the yeah. action, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which,
0: i that's really what... It looks good. Oh, and, yeah, and it looks really good, too. But, um... Yeah, and you, uh... Like, every, every room that you complete, you get some sort of level up. And the best ones are boons, where just some of the other Greek gods will be like, hey, here's, uh... You can pick one of these three powers, and you get it. And... They're all like unique. So if Zeus is like, hey, pick one of my pick one of my bones and they're all like electric based. Or Poseidon's like, pick one of my bones, and they're all water based and stuff. So I don't know, it's it's different every single time. It is really awesome. It's on the Switch, so uh, you should try it out.
1: I will, I will, I will.
0: Yeah, that's fun. But also an indie game, so and uh, I thought that was perfect for our our episode today
1: Sounds like it honestly marvelous No that game has uh, piqued my interest a bit but I'm not a switch owner unfortunately and uh, I don't really have a PC that could run it either so Yeah that's be- the only
0: two things it's on is the uh, PC and the Switch Just get a Switch man just what is, I think uh, what the Switch lights are like of- 200
1: would it take a lot of processing
2: power on the, on the
1: computer? Yeah, I'm going to be looking to get a new PC. anyway. Maybe. So, that's my first thing. It actually, it
0: actually might take it's a, lot of, it's a lot of fast-paced action, so it might actually take quite a bit of RAM on a PC. I don't know exactly, but... Um, but why don't we get into our, uh, our main conversation about indie games? Yes, sir. So, I... I figured we kind of do it like we did the previous episode, where we just kind of give what our top three favorite indie games are, or just uh, a couple that we really like, and sort of talk okay. about why we like them, and see if any of us have played them or anything. So, uh, who uh, wants to start this one off? Uh, I'll, I suppose... Uh, Ziggy, go ahead,
1: and That'll be fun. i will all right.
2: I'll, I'll start it off. I'm super prepared.
1: So let me do this real quick. <laughs> He's eager. Oh, he
2: I am. I am. I am. Okay. So my first game, uh, my first indie game pick, I'm going to have to say, is probably my first indie game experience, which was Alien Hominid, which uh, came out really mm-hmm. early 2000s. Uh, it's by a company called Behemoth, which uh, is actually, like, the two main dudes who started uh, – the website known as Newgrounds, which is a really big yeah. Flash animation and Flash game website, uh, which is... I th- I don't know if it's still around or not. I haven't been there in a while.
0: Didn't but, uh, Flash games go away last year?
2: Uh, uh, Adobe stopped supporting Flash. Yeah. So the so. company that made Flash doesn't support it. So I, I guess you might be right. Um,
0: but so this I Alien... Guess- this Alien game wasn't just on Newgrounds, right? It was also on, like, console?
1: Right, okay, so... Uh, yeah, Uh, 360 had a release.
2: Yeah, it did, it did. Okay, so it actually was uh, ported to eight different Gen consoles. Uh, Future future Gen consoles, I'm gonna say, because everything it it was ported to was not a computer. So, uh, it it did get ported to, like, three different different mobile phone stores. Uh, but, uh, as far as like consoles go, it's about six to eight or something like that. Um, but uh, so basically, what happens is you're you're an alien and you crash on Earth. And not only do you crash on Earth, but you crash literally on the front steps of the FBI headquarters. And so they take your spaceship, and the, the level just starts off in utter chaos. It's a basically a metal slug type running gun. Uh, you get hit once and you die. And there are people that spawn forever, infinitively. You just have to keep moving. Um, it's pretty it's pretty crazy and actually pretty hard whenever you get to the bosses. They take a lot of bullets. And you just kind of have to go with, with, roll with the punches. Um, so yeah, that game got an actually an average of about 8 out of 10 in its reviews, which is pretty cool to me. Uh, I, I love it because you get to shoot stuff. Uh, you could throw these little grenades. Uh, if you get close enough to people and you try to shoot them, you just slice their, their chest open with a knife and uh, you can also climb on top of them and eat their head off. Um,
0: is this uh, isn't this like a side scroller like 2D or is it uh 3? Yes. Oh,
2: yes. It's it's Metal Slug like Run and Gun. Uh, so it's side scrolling. It's a two it's a 2D side scrolling run and gun.
0: Sort of like uh, Cuphead, um, another indie
2: game. Cuphead, yep. yep. It it is a lot like Cuphead and, and oh. special uh, Cuphead is or you can almost say Cuphead is a lot like it. Uh, it does have co-op just like Cuphead. Yeah, it, uh, Cuphead has co-op just like it. One thing that Cuphead has that Alien Hominid does not have uh, is this cool leveling system where you like get uh, points and you unlock moves and stuff. In Alien Hominid, you just go, you just go, and you try to get through the levels, and uh, you get you get little bonuses—not uh, bonuses, but uh, you do get <clears throat> you get power-ups along the way, and it changes your blaster and all that jazz. It's a pretty cool game. That's, that's my first one. I have two more if you want me to go into them.
0: Yeah, actually, why don't we take turns? Let's just do one each. How's that sound? Because I, I remember seeing that game um, a long time ago, but I never played it. Um, didn't really know what it was about. But, yeah, I, I would always see it on the cover of Newgrounds and stuff. So...
2: Yeah, that it's got it's that and Castle Crashers are like the two big newgrounds. Games yeah, yeah, game. Castle Crasher. Yeah, that was the other one. But yeah, well, it's, it's somebody else's turn. I mean, I've got three. I think everybody else has three. So we've got a little bit of time ahead of us. Let's do this,
1: Michael. I suppose I will start with. <laughs> Goat Simulator, uh made by Coffee Stain Studios in 2014. That was another game that I said I'd mention later when we we're back on the segment about what we've been playing recently. And what kind of brought me back is like, I got it a, a few years ago and never, it's had like four DLCs since then, and like five bucks a pop. I finally went with uh, what is known as uh, Waste of Space. I had no idea what I was getting into. I uh, started it up, and I'm on a space colony, uh, <laughs> destroying things for money. And then I was riding a Segway as a goat uh, in low gravity. All kinds of wacky things were happening. It was – I don't know, man. <laughs> that game's a trip, uh, See, especially now, with all the available mods. Yeah, this is a game I have
0: played. You have you played this?
1: I have not played a, Go- Goat Simulator. I have seen it. This is Goat Simulator? Yeah. yeah. I was—I uh, actually gave it a go for about two hours straight, and uh, I don't know how many IQ points I lost afterwards. But it was a fun ride. Uh, there's this part where there's uh, a bit of an homage slash parody to the Portal series, where there's all these <laughs> test chambers. And after I finished them, uh, I unlocked a mutator. There's these mutators that basically change your uh, appearance and give you special abilities, and it was called Whoa. Professor Goat. And so I was this Stephen Hawking looking goat and when I pressed triangle I would create black holes and it would create all these wacky ragdoll physics in the surrounding and I was like hmm I wonder and I walked into the black hole and I was jettisoned to the other side of space spaghettified my like character model was like super stretched like old Bethesda nonsense it was great but uh, yeah awesome. <laughs> it's uh, really ridiculous um Really, not much to say. You just gotta try it for yourself. It's
0: yeah, it's, it's got quite a got quite a cult following. I especially yeah. remember it back in the day. I have played just the base game. Um, I read it was a fairly decent, like fairly easy platinum to get. So I went for the uh, the platinum for that game, and besides the Flappy Goat, it was pretty easy. But I I didn't get any of the DLC.
1: Man, the easiest platinum or, like, thing ever in my memory for me was, like, this really shitty uh, Avatar Last Airbender game. It was 360, and it was horrible. It was just awful. And it had, like, four achievements. Easy win. You should, <laughs> Easy get it. Right you should get My Name is Mayo for the PlayStation. Like,
0: it's a uh, free, like, $3 platinum. All you have to do is just press your button, like, a couple thousand times, like your X button, and you'll just get a (laughs) platinum. It's
1: crazy. One of my uh, favorite trophies, aside from all the uh, grinding for Virgil trophies, is like, I was playing GTA one day, and I just get a bloop that's like, you've spent 15 hours in first-person mode. And I'm like, (laughs) alright. That's interesting. Yeah. but um, Just over time. But uh, I'm really close to platinum on control. I just got, like, four... Like you know, look for secrets and things. And there's I got to do a few missions, like the little side missions that rotate every few minutes. But yeah, I was just the story so riveting there. But uh, yeah, Goat Simulator would be my first choice. Well, oh, good choice, good choice. I okay. play it. You? Oh, I must say you. It has like four-player in-house split-screen capabilities. <laughs> oh, gosh. So it, you can all be goats and. In-
2: there's it's like chaos. this one
1: mod called uh, Goatborn, where when you like press triangle, you voom doll the hell out of people, and like mm-hmm. the physics and how the game works is just—it's madness. Like I said, there's not—you just gotta try it. It's—it's it's insane, <laughs> ridiculous but insane, ridiculous, Ridiculous. ridiculous.
0: Well, one of my favorites. Uh, one of my favorite indie games is Bug Fables, the uh, Everlasting Sapling. You guys heard of this?
2: I've never heard of that. Really?
0: Bug Fables. Really?
1: I had no, bugs no. life for the Game Boy. <laughs> but no, do, I, you guys, maybe... do you guys remember uh, Paper Mario? Yes.
0: Okay, so I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with the... Uh, the fairly recent Paper Mario scandals that have been going on. But, but, uh... Just just a quick history lesson. The first Paper Mario was on Nintendo 64, and it was a uh, turn-based RPG with paper aspects. And, um... Then The Thousand Year Door was the second one on the GameCube (coughs) that kept the, uh, like, RPG aspects. And then... The next three games after that, they just started making them worse. Like They took away leveling up and RPGs and partners and everything about the game, just I guess to either make it easier or uh, it's a huge controversy. So, um, because of the horrific decline of Paper Mario, um, the creators um, I think they're called Dungeon Entertainment in 2019, created Bug Fables, and it's like a spiritual successor to the oh. good Paper Mario games. So you play as like
1: I those games a little dark. Oh, sorry.
0: Oh uh, yeah, kind of. But you play as a uh, three bugs, and it has a paper aspect, and it has partners, and it has overworld puzzling, and it's turn-based RPG, and it's. It's essentially the third Paper Mario game that we never got, and
2: mm.
0: I've only oh, done well, like hold up. yeah.
2: There's so are, there are technically three row right. You already covered that, or did you?
1: No, yeah, there's a like, the gameplay basis completely. Yeah, yeah, there's like five yeah. Paper Marios,
0: but they they the first two are the only real good ones.
2: I mean, one okay, just came yeah. out recently,
0: and it's trash.
2: Well,
0: what
2: you're talking about
0: the good ones are uh, the the Nintendo sixty four, the GameCube, yeah, yeah, Thousand uh, door and then the original, yeah, Paper Mario sixty four and Thousand Door. Those are the only two good
2: ones. But
0: this one's uh, this one's just like uh, the third one we should have got. But it's on everything, you know, Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, PC. But it's it's so good. It's just like thousand-year door when I was a kid, and I've only done, like, two or three, uh, like, chapters, but it's just, uh, so good. You guys should check
2: it out. Okay, okay.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Oh, there's this, oof. Never mind. I mean, I guess I can jump into my second one, (laughs) if, uh, everyone's ready, but... Yeah, get at it. Um... Let's see here. One that I really didn't get to play through, but just I uh, wanted to give a brief honorable mention that was really interesting was like, uh, the game limbo. Um, Oh, it's I like that. that really dark, like black and white, like really mysterious. Like, uh, uh like a, there's a story that you can't really, that doesn't really give you any like closure or narration. You're like, why is he there? How did he get into this dark place? And Why are there all these creatures? And you just got to like, kind of like a survival game almost, uh, like little horrors, something along those lines, but um, I would have to go with something I really want to <laughs> to be able to run, but I can't yet, and that's called a Tabs, also known as Totally Accurate Battle Simulator. Have you guys heard of that?
2: No, uh Oh, oh, wait, wait. This is where you take you could take like a hundred uh, gladiators and make them fight like a thousand pirates and see who would win.
1: Yeah, but there's the, – the, <laughs> the AI is real stupid, <laughs> and, like, there's ridiculous ragdoll physics in it. And, like, you could, like, have a unit like Zeus and, like, two giant woolly mammoths fight a bunch of people <laughs> holding a paper dragon that shoots flames and ninjas and a bunch of ridiculous stuff. <laughs> Valkyries. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's it, there's, like, uh, tears. Um, like, you can go from the Stone Age, and then, like, it shows, like, ninja – all the way up to like people with like explosions and rifles and all that. it covers like a lot of cultures and stuff uh, it's still, right right um, considered an early access even now so'd it be cool to get a console release sometime
0: it sounds kind yeah. of like a uh, kind of sounds like a really bad Roblox game but like what the roblox game might
1: like copied you know Oh, uh, maybe. I don't know, but any... <laughs> the game's beautiful, but any footage you see is guaranteed to make you laugh. It's, oh, yeah. It's you know, hilarious. You know, of
2: I saw a video of, like, the Grim Reaper versus, like, a bunch of people, and the Grim Reaper totally kills...
1: And, and they added an update to where you can actually go first person and take control of a unit in this ridiculous battle. <laughs> and, like the, the way the units move are ridiculous, like... There's some unit, there are clubbers, that they have a club, and instead of, like, walking up and hitting you, they just, like, waggle, fly at you. <laughs> like, is it's pretty stupid, <laughs> but it's awesome. But it's stupid.
0: So what is this on PC? Uh,
1: yes, I believe it's on <sighs> PC right now. Um, Makes sense. It was made by Landfall Games, but it is truly a sight to behold. Like, it's a beautifully, like, uh, rendered game, too. Uh, uh, let's see, what kind of shares... You know, kind of how like Viva <laughs> Pinata and games kind of like that look, like uh, just like the the graphics, uh, it's kind of similar to that. Like almost as if I almost feel like uh, the game Fall Guys copied Tabs's uh, graphic oh, style <laughs> almost, maybe? but it's like really clean. But it's hilarious, and like all the dialogue, like all the characters, are, like di- like they communicate in the battles, like. <laughs> It's all, like, an unintelligible, like, sim language, and it's all just ridiculous. That actually sounds
0: like a pretty good game to watch someone streaming on, like, Twitch or
1: something. Truly hilarious. I've I've watched YouTube
2: videos. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's a good one. I'll have to check those those videos out.
2: Um, so my second one is, uh, it's on the Switch, so you guys can play it, um... So it's uh, Owlboy. It came out in 2016 and I'm a really big fan of bullet, bullet sh- hell shooters or sh- shoot 'em ups. Not really bullet hell shooters as much as shoot 'em ups. There's a little bit of a difference. A bullet hell shooter is like a shoot 'em up on crack. There's a lot more bullets. Um like a lot more bullets. Uh, but so Owlboy is more like a platform adventure with shoot 'em up elements. Um, so you play as you actually fly around as a humanoid owl carrying friends such as a uh, recently rogue robot pirate captain uh yeah he's pretty cool uh the story is really interesting so uh like i said you're this humanoid owl boy and it's got these really tight controls i love maneuvering around like flying around and stuff it's it's a pixel art game of course uh but uh the story is really interesting. Since you're the only owl boy, like I said, in the in the story, I'm sure there's more around. Uh, characters. So, like, but what you do realize later on in the story is that the owls are the ones that created like the previous civilization that had fallen, and huh. so th- there's all the there's the like temples and stuff, and you go find these like relics. And it like awakens like powers within you and stuff. But really, you just carry people around and uh, they fire the weapon for you and you have to pick them up. And there's little puzzles where you have to set them down on buttons and that button will open a door and and stuff like that. It's fun. It's a really cool game. I love the cutscenes and the characters are lovable.
0: Hmm. So. That's it. (laughs) That was. That sounded. Yeah, that sounded more. Insane than a Goat Simulator. Um, so. No. No. I don't know. I
2: don't
0: know. So, be. what? You're <laughs> flying. God. Let me okay. get this. So, you're flying around, holding yeah. on to someone who's <laughs> shooting people, and it's a platformer and a sh- shooting game? And Is you're this, an owlboy. Okay, but it's. Pixel, so it's two D, like side scrolling, right? Or
1: it's kind of like a bullet hell. You're a, on the money. You're a small owl boy. <laughs> you're
0: not around... helping. You're not helping <laughs> <with> the small <laughs> owl stuff. <laughs>
1: Does he
2: around go? Who? A, you're a small owl boy <laughs> carrying around a robot pirate who's a Ooh. captain who okay. recently went rogue because he realizes that his boss is losing his mind. And so as, he, as he's invading, like there's like an actual pillaging going on and he decides that <laughs> he decides he's not going to do it anymore because he's trying to escape and his ship crashes. And then you beat him up and then he's like, OK, well, maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking this wrong. And then and then you go and find out he lets you know that they're all robots and they were built by the owl people for, and they forgot their true purpose a long time ago. Huh. Yeah, okay. so like the power the, like so, so like the 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 bad guy in that game is this pirate captain that owns like all these fleets of like airships and he's mm-hmm. trying to like break into all these owl temples to steal their powers, which is it's weird air? because he's he is technically a creation of the owl people just like these these weapons that he's trying to go get from them. So he feels like he's one in the same uh, as them like the, that they belong to him.
1: Is there Mothman? But then Owlboy. if just Mothman. A small Owlboy doesn't even
2: talk. He doesn't even talk.
1: <laughs> a small.
2: He gets shit on. He. I'm sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does though. The very beginning of the game, there's this whole cutscene where he's just moping around because his uh his trainer guy, like the guy who's supposed to like make him out to be like a really awesome like owl protector guy. He's like, you're completely useless. Go be useless somewhere else. And he's like, oh. He goes, woohoo. Yeah, it's a real okay. depressing game. Like, Can he turn ah. his
1: head all the way around?
2: Owlboy himself is a very Gosh.
1: depressed character. I mean, he's an owlboy. <laughs> I would be sad too. Interesting.
0: <laughs> I might have to check this out, but
1: um. <laughs> it looks cool. It looks fun. It is yeah. fun.
2: It's fun. The story is what keeps me going honestly. Like the gameplay is pretty good. The gameplay doesn't keep me like addicted. It's the story. I want to see what happens next. Oh, ah, okay.
0: Huh, interesting. Well, um my next one, my next okay. indie game is uh is you got to put some respect on its name. I mean, with sales of over 200 million. The uh, highest-grossing game of all time, uh, Minecraft.
2: Oh, oh, that is an indie game. That's absolutely mm-hmm. an indie game.
0: Yeah, created by uh, Notch and Mojang in 2011. Like
2: everyone knows Minecraft.
0: I don't really need to explain what it is, but
2: I remember when that game came out, and they said. You better get it right now because it's like seven dollars, and I did, and that was a good game. And then it oh, was yeah. thirty.
0: Oh yeah, still, still <laughs> a really great game. I mean, some of the oh, some of the, the
2: mobile version. I'm sorry, the mobile version is really great too.
0: Yeah, the pocket edition. Yeah, that's even good too. But, um, I mean, I just love how they keep putting out free updates and just free oh. DLC.
2: I mean, it's... You can play it forever.
0: Yeah, you can play it forever. I mean, it's incredible. And the modding on it is insane, and the community behind it,
2: and... There's a I Legend mean, of Zelda Link to the Past mod where it makes everything look like Legend of Zelda linked to the Past, and I think that's super cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've got mods for... I saw the, the Nuke mod, and what it did to the environment was insane. Yeah. I mean, like a, in, and even
0: just vanilla
1: Minecraft is amazing. Where they build I mean,
2: a, a, like a castle out of dynamite and then they light it and it crashes <laughs> the computer. Like, yeah. This is this is all the video I could recover.
0: Or just have you seen them like, hey, I made an entire world and it took me 7 years? Like
1: Well, they should start. I've seen those. I've seen those. I've seen uh what was it? Someone trying to make a model of the entire earth. Oh, yeah, this
2: this one dude, this one dude, he gets like a hundred people and puts them all in one room, and he tells them to build something, and they all start building it, and he just flies around and laughs at them.
0: Yeah, there's a ton, and yeah, speaking of content, yeah, it's created tons of content creators. I mean, Minecraft's oh, insane, and I, I personally just love it. There's nothing better than uh, finding a. The- good group of friends who have a um have a uh, like a world set up just joining them and making a community and it's it's awesome
2: I hate to say it because I really do love awesome music and I'm not trying to say that the, the theme song for Minecraft isn't awesome but that menu song is probably one of the best things
1: ever makes me want to go big.
2: it's so good
0: <laughs> yeah I'm I, I don't think the music's great on Minecraft, but it's certainly unique. I mean, it it, I, it fits the game,
1: but I... Uh, I've uh, had, like, this weird urge to, like, get it here recently, and I'm not sure when, but, like, I just... so fun. I want a game get where it. I can build something
0: Just awesome. get it. <laughs> get it on the PlayStation. Like, I could play with you.
1: Like... Hell yeah, brother.
0: It's it's such a good game just to hey I just want to you know play around Me for sure. a bit. I mean it's yeah. It I mean it's it's hard enough that it it's a challenge and it's easy enough that um, you know you're not gonna kill yourself over it. But it's a, and it's a sandbox game so you have you're limited to your imagination on what you want to do in that game. It's. It's really great. Ziggy, yeah, what was your third indie game you wanted to talk about?
2: Uh, my third favorite indie game, I, I I don't know if we're really doing favorites, but my favorite, one of my favorite video games of all time, literally just because it's so pretty and generally fun, and the music is absolutely interstellar, it's called Shantae. And it's a classic. Everybody's heard of it. Uh, it came out in 2002 on the Game Boy Color and it came out actually after the Game Boy Advance came out. So nobody really bought it. And so it was majorly slept on until people started playing it on emulators. And then the price for it, since since it wasn't really sold very much, uh, not very many people, it wasn't in circulation. Right. And so the price of the game jumped up, and it is actually the most expensive uh, Game Boy Color game. It uh, a loose copy of the cartridge is about seven hundred dollars. And you have one? If, if you find a good deal. No, no, oh, I have it on no the fun. Switch. Uh, I have I have it on the Switch. I uh, Limited Run Games actually recently released all of them in physical copies on the Switch, and I ordered them.
0: Hmm. Cool.
2: So, uh, what um, kind of what
0: kind of gameplay does this have?
2: It's it's a platform game. Uh, you okay. play as a half genie, who is a guardian of this little town and uh basically with the guardian these genie guardians are they're basically kind of like sheriffs where they just kind of protect the town if anything goes weird and uh make things right and she uh she has like magical powers and she dances and she can like transform and stuff uh she also hurts her basic attack is like her whipping her hair at stuff which is kind of <laughs> unique um yeah. but the music is super great it's like unforgettably good. Um, on top of that, the... Uh, let's see here. Well, this is kind of... Unreli- it's an interesting fact about this game. I don't really have much else to say. I just think the game's awesome. But this is just kind of a weird fact about it. I found out when I was learning about it. The voice actor for Shantae, is, uh, she does a whole lot of voice acting for different animes and video games.
1: But mm-hmm. uh,
2: one, character, one character that she she did that i had heard of a million times that i didn't even know was the same person was a, a character named Riven from League of Legends interesting same voice actor but uh yeah and she's a uh, she sings the the theme song <laughs> for that game. game oh wow yeah she's she's super talented and stuff like that but, uh, yeah, that's Shantae. If if you ever can get a chance to play, uh, like, they just released a new one. Uh, it's like Curse of the Seven Sirens or something like that. Uh, it's, it can't be that expensive. I know that on the Nintendo market, I'm pretty sure you can buy all of them. I don't know if they're on the PS4 market or not. They should be. It should be everywhere.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to look at them. It's Interesting.
2: Yeah, they're beautiful. They're, they're absolutely gorgeous, and the Game Boy Color game is thought to be probably the prettiest Game Boy Color game to ever be made. Hmm.
0: Yeah, it, it's always like that with games that come out towards the end of a console's life, um, because it's transitioning, um, whereas that and what, like, um, Last of Us was like a really late PlayStation 3 game. So that's why it looks so good. Um, So yeah, that totally makes sense for a Game Boy Advanced era game on the Game Boy looking so good.
2: On the Game Boy Color,
0: but yeah. Oh, on the Game Boy Color, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Michael, what was your other indie pick?
1: Mm, It's kind of difficult tell because uh i'm not really sure it's like early namco so it could be like indie or maybe not i don't know but 2004's release of uh kanemari damashi Ooh. i Ooh. really yeah
0: uh, I, I would consider it, that an indie when it first came out yeah definitely yeah it
1: blew the hell up it sure did like it's it's got so many titles now um mm-hmm. but yeah it became an instant hit pretty much uh but uh, when it first came out in 04, like, in maybe a couple years after, like, the only people that were like, awesome, a sequel, were, like, the people that played the first one. And then slowly after, the ta- over time, it's, uh, you know, popularity built up. But, uh, yeah, when I first got my hands on it, it was very interesting. I really liked it. I was fairly young then. But uh, what uh, really uh, – the setting and the overall fever dream – acid trip, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, of just the set, setting, a story, and the gameplay alone, you're basically trying to make a singularity by absorbing all of the objects and people and mountains and clouds tomorrow. and yeah. yeah, until you like accrete into like a planet of your own almost. And another thing that was fairly interesting was like the it's like the first game that I can think of where like the analog stick mechanics like work the way they do, where you can truly oh, both yeah. simultaneously. It's very interesting. Yeah.
2: The game plays like an indie game, and it looks a lot like one does now, like indie games do now. Whenever they have three D graphics, yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> that's
0: cool. yeah but, that uh, reminds me. Have you guys um, played or heard of uh, Donut Country? I think Donut Country.
1: Huh. Uh, I've uh, seen gameplay of it where you basically uh, it's a lot like a black hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a lot black like Tetris. Yeah. The donut hole gets bigger and bigger until you, like, drop more things into it. Yeah. I've seen, yeah. I, uh, that that kind of reminds me, like, I don't know. That came out around the same time Maneater was getting previewed. There's a lot of crazy games. And then, you know, the remake of uh, Destroy All Humans came out. And oh, ooh, yeah. I'm glad to see all the silliness back in. Like, I need some more mm-hmm. silly titles, you know, single-player experiences. I agree. But, yeah, Worry of- pretty good. Um, the fun fact that I have actually leads from that. I was literally trying to find my reference, but then it finally popped back into my memory, but, uh, they were struggling. They almost went for a GameCube release version rather than a PlayStation two, even though they wanted to release it on the PlayStation two at first. The reason why was, uh, they had technology, things like that, but, uh, Sony had failed to like, uh, send them like the update software or something. To where, like, um, the code basically couldn't be read it for their new, like, engine. <laughs> Something along those lines. Really oh. butchered the fact. But, I mean, it, I, I'm really into those moments where, like, oh, it could have been right here at this very moment. Like, it could have been a, you know, a GameCube release <laughs> at first. and Yeah. yeah uh. been maybe even a Nintendo title or whatever. But yeah. if there's some kind of complication to where, like, they had to rush and then... I had the reference notes, like, right there, like, uh, on a web page, but I lost them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, it's just uh, I love seeing how things change, like the original concept or like uh, how Ziggy mentioned last uh, week with uh, the bullet juggling system and Devil May Cry, things that are happy accidents that they're like, oh, we got to keep that mechanic or even yeah. just development issues. And, you know, just thinking about uh, PlayStation Two first release of any title, and then like thinking like Halo was on the GameCube, like that would be weird, right? So, just thinking about yeah, a potential true. scenario where things like happen, it's pretty good. But, uh, yeah, I could really get many interesting facts this week. But, uh, well, I gotta talk about one of the mine. games I played.
0: I gotta talk about game. Um, so I think probably my favorite indie game is uh, Stardew Valley.
2: Oh, oh, it's that Harvest Moon esque?
0: Yeah, yeah. It um, yeah, it was yeah, created.
1: Yeah. You've been playing
0: it for a while. Oh yeah, I love it. It was created by a guy named uh, Eric. Just one guy. It was made by one single guy. Um, and he goes by Concerned Eric. Ape. Yeah, but um, he loved Harvest Moon so much, and then when they stopped making the games, he decided to learn how to make video games so he could make his ideal Harvest Moon game,
2: and that was Stardew Valley. That's crazy, because there are so many Harvest Moon games.
1: <laughs> fashion, I like that.
2: I know,
0: but yeah, I love it, and it's one guy, and he's very passionate, and he created this whole game, and it's an amazing farming slash life slash romance uh, community, sort of. Simulator and great pixel art. I think you'd appreciate that, Ziggy. And um,
2: well, what I've heard about that game is actually kind of astounding. People who don't normally play video games like that have come up to me and have told me that they wasted a whole night and lost sleep over worrying about you know wanting to play that game. Starter Valley has to have something special going on. It's a um, in people who don't normally play those sort of games.
0: Oh, it does. Yeah, I. I mean, it's sort of a casual, ish kind of game. Um, but yeah, when I first got it, I couldn't stop, and it's still such a great game. Um, it's it's got such a great system of the day system you you pass out at 1am no matter what, no matter where you are and the more activities you do, the more your stamina drains so you can't do a lot in one day or else you just have to go to sleep early and you've wasted your whole day and you know, you plant your crops one day, you have to make sure they are all watered and you gotta harvest them, certain ones are a week later or the end of the season and it just the days just pass and it's I really like micromanaging in games, and this is really good at small-timed micromanagements. So, like I know, I have to water all my crops today, and I have to make it to the shop to get this crop, and I gotta go to the mines to get down to the next level. And this fish only shows up this day all in one day, I just love it trying to beat the clock and kind of cool. trying
2: to manage it.
0: Cool. Oh, yeah. It really reminds
2: me of Zelda uh, Majora's Mask.
0: Yeah, yeah, sort of. Um, it's real good. It's on Switch, PlayStation, PC, Xbox. It's on everything. iOS, Android. So you uh, should definitely check
1: it out. They just had a new update, too. But So awesome. My fiance's been considering it. She's I mean it. Definitely. Definitely get it. I mean
0: it's, it's quite quite awesome, it really is. Um, but uh what did we say last week? Uh special fact or secret fact, what was it?
1: Uh, uh <laughs> I'm Pretty sure it was uh, Secret Failure. Was it secret, secret fact? Secret fact. Um, I was having trouble with a uh, super secret fact, but uh, I'll take it back to the Twisted Metal days for the PlayStation One, uh, namely oh. Twisted Metal Three. Uh, not so much a secret fact, if uh, like you know, the internet started like blowing up then, so it became more apparent, and you know they made books. But uh, there's so many secret inputs in that game, and in Twisted Metal Four, I think it's just like a game where like you're driving cars around and shooting each other and i mean pretty much for the most part you know there's special abilities but there's a lot of d-pad uh inputs that will like teleport you to a random location or make you (laughs) invisible or pop a shield over you or make you jump there's like so many twisted metal the twisted metal series in general a lot of secret inputs that were like really interesting and it was just like a lot of fun finding in my youth like, I mean, like, whoa, what the hell? And some of them got really difficult, too. <laughs> it's, like, up, up, down, down, left, right? <laughs> like, it's, like, old Konami-style-esque,
0: what would like, that inputs.
1: Do? Like, right, there's a whole bunch of them. They're, like, you could become invisible, teleport randomly. Uh, <laughs> oh, secret codes. Yeah. It's got secret cheat codes. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, couldn't really find a secret fact. Uh, I was kind of leaning in towards, like, a... I forgot that it was, like, segmented the last time. I was trying to lean into it with the whole... uh Debacle with uh, the developers uh, with uh, Katamari Damashi deciding whether they need to like keep rushing or just port their game to the GameCube first. But uh, I guess I uh, let that off a little early, so I had to make a little pull real quick. <laughs> for just, you're uh, good. Week's segment. Thank you Segment.
0: Thanks, to for both pretty decent secret facts. Really, um, mine is about Pokemon. Um, in Red and Blue, the first games, uh, well, Red and Green, rather, but when Japan decided to bring it to America, I found out that for the translation, they basically just hired one guy to do all the translating besides, like, Pokemon names and towns. Um, so this one guy just translated the entire Red and Blue into English but the Uh, real interesting fact is when they wanted to translate those games into French and other languages the French translator which was also just one guy he got the English translated Japanese game and had to translate it from English to French yeah so, um, but the coolest thing, <laughs> but the coolest thing was this, uh, this French guy, I think his name was like Julien something, but he, uh, he said, well, how do you want me to translate the Pokemon's names? And Nintendo Japan said, you know, just keep them, their Japanese names. And the French translator said, Well, a lot of these names are kinda confusing or have like some sort of profanities in French. And he had oh. to work really, really hard to convince Japan, you know, Nintendo Japan to convince him to, to convince them to change the names of the Pokemon for French. But they let him and this one oh. guy essentially got to name all of the 151 Pokemon in French. Oh.
1: Um, wow. Yeah. That's an kind of honor now. Dude. I, I, I know, exactly.
0: But he, um, and then when they had gold and silver and they needed it translated, they did the same thing and he got to make up all the French names uh, my for Generation one. 2 Pokemon wow. too. Mm, so good, so Generation KC. 2 is
1: where because
2: yeah. I had Generation 1 and 2. <laughs> But I just thought that,
0: that was super cool being able to just he essentially just had free range to name him kinda of whatever he wanted. And he did a really good job. He he said he based it he tried to base all it off of mythology and cultural stuff, so he he did it, you know, properly and did a good job at it. But know yeah, I just found that was super interesting. One guy
1: got to do that. That was that's actually pretty incredible. <laughs> Not gonna lie,
2: it is. Um, my my super secret fact kind of has to do with Pokemon as well. Oh, so uh, everybody loves the Pokemon games uh, at this <laughs> point. Pretty much has grown up with them. Um, so the the company that made Pokemon is called Game Freak. Game Freak <laughs> has mostly made games for Nintendo, uh, mostly Pokemon games. It seems that anybody knows about. But uh, the game that they made right before Pokemon Red and Blue is called Pulseman, and they made it for the Sega cool. uh, the Sega Genesis and the Mega Drive. And it is a side-scrolling game where uh, if you run fast enough, you press a button, you turn into this ball of electricity and bounce around off of stuff. And, like, uh, you can also, like, you can do a flash kick. It's super cool. You press up and attack, Ooh. he does a flash kick. That's how you attack up, and uh, and then also uh, he does these electric punches, and you can uh, long lo- okay. Anyways, anyways, it's a cool game. <laughs> Check it out; it's super pretty. the The graphics are absolutely uh, seizure rific. But um, oh, so no. Pulseman Pulse Man, being the game that was made directly before Pokemon, um, it holds like some special ground with uh, Game Freak. And there's a there's a few references to Pulseman throughout the Pokemon game series, mostly through the Diamond and Pearl uh, games. Has, oh wow. Has more Pulseman references than any of the other games. Uh, so Pulseman has the same uh, the same artist as Pokemon and the same uh, music composer as Pokemon. Yeah, Ken um, so, Sugimori. Right. So the uh, a, a few of the notes and a few songs in Pokemon. Actually, bear resemblance to levels in Pulseman. Uh, mm. those, those are minute, uh, interesting facts. Uh, probably the two, I'm just going to pick out two of the most prominent facts and references to Pulseman that you will find. Um, the SS Anne, which is the the ship which you travel in in Generation 1. It's actually in every generation, if I'm not mistaken, almost every generation.
0: No, just generation. Uh, or is it only in one area? Yeah, it's just in Canto.
2: It's just in Canto? Okay, all mm-hmm. right. So you get on the S.S. Anne. Mm-hmm. Well, the computer that Pulseman was born from is called the oh. Saint Anne. Oh. And uh, another... I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Damn. So uh, another interesting thing is that in... Uh, so you you know Team Galactic? Is that Diamond and Pearl?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's- Galactic, yeah. Diamond Girl, Pearl, yeah.
2: Well, uh, Team Galactic... Okay, and, and Man, they don't have Team Galactic, but they have a group called the Galaxy Gang.
0: Oh, pretty close. Is their boss the, the leader, named Cyrus?
2: No, but their their uh, boss looks like oh. his design might be based... There's speculation his design is based off of the leader of this Galaxy Gang. Ooh. Wow,
0: and that would have been like 10, 15, no, nah, not that long, but yeah, like 10 years after, I mean, Diamond and Pro came out. Oh. Yeah, that's crazy.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, oh I, got, I got one more because I, I just remembered. Uh, Volt Tackle, that's like Pikachu's main move right now. Signature, yeah. <laughs> but in Japanese, when you translate it, it translates to Pulse Man's signature move. Oh which is what he does. He he turns into a ball. He he turns into a ball of uh electricity and like literally just thrashes all around the screen like crazy and just destroys stuff. If you can get the trajectory right, it's kind of the trick in the game is you have to you have to time it right in the right placement so that you bounce off the right stuff sometimes so that you can get Ooh, to the right platforms. Cool. It is cool. And the background all like
1: super boing, colorful. Boing, boing, boing.
2: Yeah, it's cool. I recorded some footage. Uh, you guys will see it. Gimme, gimme,
0: gimme. Yeah, that, that is really cool. I, I did look up a little of that, too. Yeah, I saw Ken Sugimori did all that. Um, Satori, Satoru Tajiri. Yeah, he who created Pokemon. He was in that, too. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And the, uh, the main guy looked a lot like um, a lot of Pokemon designs. You can definitely tell. That Ken Sugimori did the
2: artwork for that game. Yeah, really, really cool. some some people think that uh, Ladyin, the the ladybug Pokemon, looks like Pulseman. I don't really th- see it. I think it's I think it looks like Bisharp, or Bisharp looks like him. And then some people yeah. say that Rotom looks like he might be based off a of Pulseman. Could but, be, but I mean, but Ken
0: Sugimori had the same sort of. Uh, features with all Pokemon, you can see them, and you can definitely see that on Pulseman, too. So that was really cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. Lots of info I had didn't have for you. <laughs> <laughs> to this.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for listening to Crazy Daimyo's Video Game Emporium podcast with the pals, episode two where we talked about indie games, and make sure that you come back next week as we are going to be talking about sequels. So, we appreciate you so much for listening and watching. Please comment down below on what indie games are your favorite. Did we name any that you liked or didn't like? Or just let us know what you think. But thank you so much for listening, and of course, have a fantastic day.